Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kwan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic, being gentle with ourselves during times of grief. The process of adapting to change and loss takes energy. Grief is draining, sometimes exhausting. Some people need to cocoon for transformation in Pat's words, Pat Karn's words while going through grief. We may feel more tired than usual, our ability to function well in other areas in our life may be reduced temporarily. We may want to hide out in the safety of our bedroom. Grief is heavy. It can wear us down. I didn't even know how much stuck grief and unexpressed grief that I had, you know, until coming to recovery. Back to the reading. It's okay to be gentle with ourselves when we're going through change and grief. Yes, we want to maintain the disciplines of recovery, but we can be compassionate with ourselves. We do not have to expect more from ourselves than we can deliver during this time. We do not even have to expect as much from ourselves as we would normally and reasonably expect. I really, this reminds me of John Wooden's Pyramid of Success and the principles and really like doing your best is, you know, like what you can do on that day. And some days it could be something that could be perceived as superhuman and other days it could be perceived as like surviving. And I think, the tools of recovery are something that I have to remind myself. There are tools to facilitate, not to, you know, beat myself up, you know, over for not doing. And, you know, sometimes those unexplained feelings are grief. And one of the things that I learned from Hoffman process is, you know, there are healthy ways of expressing grief, both via anger and via, you know, tears and sadness. And it's also something that, you know, I've seen confirmed in, Pete Walker's complex PTSD book, which I'm currently reading, which is amazing and highly recommended. Back to the reading. We may need more rest, more sleep, more comfort. We may be more needy and have less to give. It is okay to accept ourselves and our changed needs during times of grief, stress, and change. It is okay to allow ourselves to cocoon during times of transformation. We can surrender to the process and trust that a new exciting energy is being created within us. Before long, we will take wings and fly. God help me accept my change needs during times of grief, change, and loss. And more and more, I'm starting to realize that the earlier in the day for me specifically, I can write and I can meditate rather than, you know, to solve a problem or when, you know, my emotional serenity is completely off kilter um, really helps to even process what I'm going through because a lot of recovery is when feelings come to the surface and they're unfamiliar. They're not always bad. They're usually actually pretty informative. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go and the topic is recovery. How easy is it to blame our problems on others? Look at what he's doing. Look how long I've waited. Why doesn't she call? If only he'd change, then I'd be happy. Often our accusations are justified. We probably are feeling hurt and frustrated. In those moments, we may begin to believe that the solution to our pain and frustration is getting the other person to do what we want or having the outcome we desire. You know, a couple things here is it always feels like a pyrrhic victory. You know, like I, I realized that being right or wrong, whether it's stuff I've learned in recovery, I think it was mentioned in the landmark forum. It, it is at the source of a lot of mis, you know, unneeded 
misery. And also a lot of these things also fall into the realm of be careful what you wish for. They can't come true, you know, back to the reading. But these self-defeating illusions put the power and control of our life in other people's hands. We call this codependency. God, I love Melody Beatty. The solution to our pain and frustration, however valid, is to acknowledge our own feelings. We feel the anger, the grief. Then we let go of the feelings and find peace within ourselves. We know our happiness isn't controlled by another person, even though we may have convinced ourselves it is. We call this acceptance. Then we decide that although we'd like our situation to be different, maybe our life is happening this way for a reason. Maybe there is a higher purpose and plan in play, one that's better than we could have orchestrated. We call this faith. Then we decide what we need to do, what is in, within our power to do to take care of ourselves. That's called recovery. And, and I notice that there's phases. Of, you know, it just doesn't resolve in one thing. It's easy to point our finger at another, but it's more rewarding to gently point it at ourselves. I like that, gently. I, I love the words in, in recovery literature. Um, they mean so much. Today, I will live with pain, my pain and frustration by dealing with my own feelings. And now we move to ACA strengthening my recovery and the topic is asking for help. ACA recovery begins when the adult child gives up, asks for help, and then accepts the help offered. Ooh, that is a pretty good litmus test, I think, for uh, where I stand on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, when do I give up, ask for help, and then accept help offered? I remember someone in the program, you know, detailing step one, two, and three was like, I can't, we can, let's do it. You know, and that reminds me of, you know, I give up, I ask for help, and then I accept help. And for some of us who are into high-performance lifestyles, whether that's out of a compulsive need to prove or really that's just our natural state, um, I found asking for help uh, and accepting it and paying for it can, you know, it's that old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with. Back to the reading. Many of us grew up in families where it wasn't okay to give up, much less to ask for help. And yeah, and I think that's the arrested development that can happen in a dysfunctional uh child, uh, you know, a dysfunctional family. Um, and so part of it is not being able to ask for help. And now I realize that is the recovery. That might be the number one thing for me to work on in step seven, for example. We were just supposed to know how to do it. And if we didn't figure it out, then we were punished in some way. Yeah. And then sometimes it was just in the extreme, just somebody else would just do it for you. Uh, either way, that doesn't really feel great. Back to the reading. As adults, we knew we had to do it all ourselves because we didn't know how to rely on others. To ask for help would make us seem inadequate, or maybe it would give people a reason to think we weren't smart enough. Yeah, I had an incident like this very similar in my dating life recently. So we kept at it, and until one day, we just couldn't do it anymore. Something gave way, and we hit a bottom. We couldn't manage life anymore. And you know what's funny? It's not about managing life. I mean, I'm starting to like myself and I want a better life for myself. So it's not, you know, so, you know, as Pete Walker says, it's from surviving to thriving. And, you know, I think that's everyone's God-given gift to thrive, including mine, which I didn't always think prior to recovery. It just shows you just how miraculous the gift of recovery. I mean, I work hard, but 
you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that never would have come up with, you know, academic accomplishments or a lot of other things. Anyways, back to the reading. So we kept at it and until one day we just couldn't do it anymore. Something gave way and we hit a bottom. We couldn't manage life anymore. We were never given the right tools. We are the lucky ones in our family because we found help in an ACA meeting. We learned that it's okay to ask for that help. We were never meant to do it alone. We were given the wrong messages. On this day, I will remember that my support system in ACA is always available to me. I just have to be willing to ask. Oh my God, these readings are incredible. This next reading uh, oof, is also ACA strengthening my recovery. The topic is addiction to excitement. Gossip, dramatic scenes, pending financial failure or failing health are often the turmoil that adult children create in their lives to feel connected to reality. While such behavior is rarely stated as such, these behaviors are an addiction to excitement or fear. Big Red Book, page 16. I'm gonna read this again. Gossip, dramatic scenes, pending financial failure or failing health are often the turmoil that adult children create in their lives to feel connected to reality. Wow. Many of us came into ACA perhaps unaware of the depth of chaos we had created around us. We felt we were in a fog. We couldn't see our way out. We didn't consciously cause this chaos. Our behavior resulted from the emotional and perhaps physical chaos we experienced in our childhood dysfunctional abusive homes. It just also reminds me as an aside, I mentioned Pete Walker earlier, and he was talking about um, you know, people who hadn't experienced the phys physical neglect and just thought that emotional neglect wasn't as bad. And he said he realized in his experience it was more devastating was the emotional neglect. Back to the reading. As we learned about our addiction and excitement that drove us, we began to see how our fear was feeding us. And we realized that we needed this inner drugstore to be closed for business. The adrenaline rush that we were not even aware of was blocking any progress. We knew the chaos had to stop. As we find the answers in our meetings and by talking to others, we begin to nourish ourselves with a healthy program that brings us peace and serenity. We become committed to change because we've had the pain and anguish and we want to be done with it. We now have the inner radar to see what is coming. And when something feels wrong, we pause as long as we need to. Then we move away. We realize the health of our inner child is at stake. On this day, I will give my inner child and my adult the gift of freedom from fear and unhealthy excitement that we both need and deserve. And I realize that a lot of times when I'm operating from adrenalizing, that's that internal chemical drugstore trying to recreate some kind of family, some kind of dysfunctional situation that mirrors the childhood. Not because it's healthy, but because it's familiar. And what recovery has given me is another way to live. And that concludes today's powerful readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause, to look out for that addiction to excitement, to use tools, not to beat myself up, but to aid my recovery. 
and to see what a gift and be great. And I can be grateful for recovery until next time.